0: the world has changed so much i remember my life the world that was it was peaceful safe then things started to go wrong powerful people became greedy close-minded fools began their assaults and when the famine began well that's when the war for resources began I was too young to understand them, I didn't see what was really happening, but I recall the incident. We all saw the incident. It feels like a lifetime ago, and ever since, the world has never been the same. It's a dangerous world, and I fear the worst of humanity is yet to come. But that's enough out of me. I know y'all don't want to hear me yapping no more. I'll turn on the radio. It's about time for the news anyway. Now, if you're uncomfortable with militia violence, police violence, death, eugenics, pandemic and disease, as well as heavy post-apocalyptic themes including poverty, starvation, violence, and mild ableism, this might not be the news station you want to hear. Stuff like that's been... coming up a lot lately.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It's time for the afternoon radio news. I must proceed this broadcast with an apology. The pageantry and showmanship of our usual broadcast is inappropriate for the gravity of the latest events in our wasteland. The stories we share over this radio broadcast are always serious and checked by multiple sources to ensure they are as accurate as possible. I state this fact to make it abundantly clear. The information I intend to share today is the bona fide truth. Today is Sunday, the 11th of April. It's 1300 hours. And we're live with the latest news of our wasteland. To begin, the weather. N.S. Melina has begun leaving our broadcasting range. While we suffer still minor effects from her outer reaches, the worst of her wrath is over for us. The rains which yet remain are not powerful enough to sustain the floods that plague our low-laying settlements. We are beginning to see the recovery of a few settlements already. They are harbingers of what lays in the murky, irradiated depths below. More on this later. We'll have a high today of 56 Celsius, low tonight of minus 34 Celsius. Humidity will sit around 98% and the pollen is back. That's all for the weather, but we need to talk about the pollen. NS Molina has introduced something to our local flora, altering the pollen in an alarming way. We are presently unsure what has happened, but the consequences are unmistakable. In areas of high pollen concentration, the population exposed have all suffered dreadful reactions. Often beginning with typical allergy symptoms, these quickly develop into hives that cover all areas of skin exposed. Sanguine mucus discharge from the nasal cavity. Black spots in the whites of the eyes or eyes swollen shut. Extreme pain in the joints and, in many unfortunate cases, death will shortly follow. This phenomenon is being referred to as flood pollen, or F.P. F.P. is proving to be resistant to all medications that we have presently available, and is affecting anyone exposed to the pollen. F.P. as well is proving highly contagious, spreading through the air around infected persons. It is for this reason we believe the issue is not the pollen itself, but rather something that is adapted to live on it. It is our recommendation that, if you must exit your home, You do so with extreme caution, and with full protective clothing. Up next, our top story of the afternoon, the AMM Massacre. The refugee crisis which has plagued us through the duration of NS Molina has been put to an end by the AMM and NSD. After a declaration of war by the refugees at Saffron, Null End, and the Cave, having placed each under siege, the AMM and NSD mobilized their forces. Unwilling to work together, they met at each location to put an end to the conflict. We have mixed reports on the exact events. We do not know, at this time, who fired first or the circumstances leading up to the following events. All we do know is that in each location, all 1400 refugees and 70 NSD officers were gunned down by AMM soldiers. We have no reports of any survivors at this time. Shortly following these events, Colonel Leonard Bell of the AMM put out the following statement to one of our sources. What had to be done at Null End, the Cave, and Saffron was a tragedy. However, to protect the lives of the citizens within each settlement, it was necessary. Colonel Bell went on to question why the NSD got involved and warned them, and I quote... It would be best that officers from the NSD do not interfere in the affairs of the militia. Make no mistake, what occurred outside of the walls of these three settlements was nothing short of a crime against humanity. These men, women, and little children left outside in the storm, sick and dying with no resources. They had very few weapons with incredibly limited ammunition and wanted only the help they had been denied by their neighbors. And these people... People, these human beings were gunned down by the AMM, people who they trusted to protect them from the threats of the wasteland in an attempt to restore order. These refugees, now victims, represent now, I think, the values of the AMM. Order above life. Peace at any cost. Drilled into their hearts now is that this world is goose-stepped in cruel, cold necessity. That the life of our fellow man does not matter so long as it is cast out that you might follow orders, that you might keep the peace. These unreasonable actions have cost roughly 1,500 souls their lives. The AMM's response was it was necessary. Make no mistake. I understand the world we live in now. It's cruel. Irradiated, mutated, and a dark, shattered reflection of the world that was. But no matter what this world is, it is our duty. Through all the ways this world tries to destroy us, we must maintain our humanity. Perhaps that is a value of the world that was. But it is, I know, the most important value that we keep with us. It is one that the AMM has forgotten. It is one you must continue to hold, as it is what separates us from the beasts of the wastes. I realize I may very well be the first to break this news to other refugees around the wasteland. Huddled closely outside of other settlements in camps, waiting, hoping, and starving. Camps patrolled by other AMM soldiers, by other NSD officers. I have a message for you, refugees, and you alone. That is, despite how the AMM has treated your comrades, despite what happened, what you do next is up to you. I encourage you to think about your next moves carefully, and to maintain your humanity. Show the AMM that you, unlike them, are still human. And a message for your fallen comrades, although I know they will not hear it. To these victims, I say I am truly sorry. Requiesca in pace. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Good morning, Jenny. How do you do? Glad to hear it. Are you all set? Ready to begin? Wonderful. What commercial do we have up first? What is this, French? I don't speak French. You do wonderful, Jenny. Can you translate this for me? Thank you. Times are hard. It's easy to lose yourself in the despair and misery that fills the world surrounding us. Wouldn't you like an escape? Wouldn't you like to be free? Liberate your mind, the master's house of green court. I love it when ads are short. What's next? Have you committed a terrible crime recently? Has somebody committed a terrible crime against you? Do you find yourself being persecuted by the courts of the wasteland? This frontier justice-like system can be rough. From being murdered in the Waste to a presumption of guilt no matter who you are. If you find yourself navigating the cruel, irradiated waters of apocalyptic law, you need a mediocre apocalyptic lawyer. Look for Jeremy Haberkorn, located next to Greencourt's very own library. And remember, just because you did it, doesn't mean you're guilty. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on with our next story, we're going to talk about Oakland and Wasteland Mercy. In response to the AMM's massacre of the desperate and destitute the former bandit alliance to an altruistic government of wasteland mercy who continue to hold Oakland, have made startling moves. In a speech to the people of Oakland, Patrick Oliver, elected leader of Wasteland Mercy, had this to say. What AMM did is inhuman. Those people were crying out for help. They were starving, sick. The radiation from the water was getting to them. So they started yelling, and took what they needed. I've been there. We all have. We've all done what we had to to survive. We remember begging for scraps and taking when we had to. And because we remember, we opened our doors and helped. It was the right thing to do. But the almighty AMM doesn't see it that way, do they? No, they don't care how hard people got it out here. So long as they sign up or stay quiet. Right and wrong and morality don't mean much to them. Maybe that doesn't mean much coming from me, a bandit of all things. I stole out of desperation. I hurt people. But those days are over, and I'm moving forward to make a better wasteland. And this community is going to be an example of how we achieve that. So I'm asking you, my brothers and sisters, to stand behind me when I say that Oakland is declaring war on the AMM. This speech was transcribed by our source within Oakland. Immediately following, it has been reported to us that the town has begun mass-producing crude ammunition and rudimentary armor. Their endeavor to wage war on the militia meant to keep us safe is, I think, commendable. Though I can't help but think a better way exists. As these events unfold, we will keep you up to date. Next, we need to speak of the floods. As the water recedes... We get a glimpse into the murky irradiated depths of our rivers and ocean. The floods have left behind disturbing scenes, artifacts, and creatures that will make returning to these flooded areas rather difficult. We're going to look at the settlement of Ashoto, the first settlement whose flood waters have vacated enough to allow exploration. Our sources reported to us that the town holds a foul odor, not unlike rotten clams, with a peculiar clear mucus-like film covering every structure Shra swim freely in shin-deep water, taking bites out of our source when they're allowed to swim close. They shed scales like daggers to the feet hidden in the muck. Through the town, a sloshing sound could be heard, and our source tells of an eerie feeling of being watched. It was not but five minutes after entering the town of Ashoto that our source discovered a creature within the town. While this creature lay dead, our source was able to describe it in perfect detail. The creature of the irradiated depth lay 9 meters long and 3 meters wide, with a body very much like that of an eel, except unlike an eel, this creature had two claws, with four bony talons upon each. At a glance, they appeared to be connected directly to the torso. But on further examination, our source discovered that these claws could extend from the creature by means of a muscle-covered bone that rests within the creature's abdomen. While the body as a whole was covered in this deep blue sandpaper-like flesh, this particular appendage was not but exposed bone and muscle. Its eyes, while whited over with the glaze of death, were wide and dark, with jagged long teeth that featured barbs built throughout the structures. While we do not know how this creature perished, or came to be here, we do know that something besides Shra was feeding on it with clear evidence of purposeful cuts made into the flesh, and burn marks surrounding them. On this discovery, our source insisted it was better to leave, and I'd not have asked him to stay any longer. We must exercise caution when reclaiming these settlements, and wait until the waters have fully gone. As for the creature found in Shoto, we've named it the Shoto eel, and will keep you informed as to any credible sightings of live specimens. For our last story of the afternoon... We need to catch you up on the latest developments regarding the conflict between the Wolfpaw and the Shar firebottle Alliance. The Wolfpaw have been hammering down on the Shar and Firebottle with heavy old-world artillery, leaving little room for retaliation by the Shar or Firebottle. This also keeping the Wolfpaw from advancing, as their artillery keeps their men and women fortified in place during the bombardments. Meanwhile, the Shar and Firebottle tunnelers who broke through the mountain have captured a small hold on Mount Deshk forcing the Wolfpole to fight two fronts. It is clear that the objective of the Firebottle and Char is to disable the artillery, having been seen attempting to do so on multiple occasions. However, each attempt thus far has been countered by the Wolfpole. Gunfire has slowed down significantly on both sides. We speculate that each side's ammunition supply is beginning to run low. When the munitions of one side run out, I believe that is when the conflict will end as the other will seek to make peace or be slaughtered in a desperate melee. I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today's news. I apologize again for the more serious tone, but it was appropriate for the more serious news. Please stay tuned for the evening radio music. And until next time, thank you for listening. And if you're truly out there, good luck. And we're clear. I think I need a drink. I didn't realize the world could end twice.
0: Hi, this is Seamus' sibling, Izzy. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this broadcast, consider rating and reviewing us on your... podcasting platform of choice? Wait. Podcasts still exist? Hmm. Telling your friends about us and subscribing to the Post-Apocalyptic News Radio on YouTube. You can also join the Discord, which is linked in the description below, as well as... This says tweet? We still have Twitter? God damn! the worst evils couldn't even be destroyed after all that nonsense. Well, use the hashtag P-A-N-R broadcast to tweet about the show. We appreciate the support and hope you keep tuning in.